Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. In my last episode, I talked about artificial intelligence and I talked about how technology is exploding and the rate at which the technology is advancing is growing exponentially and how human beings need to adapt to the uh, advancing technologies and how organizations need to adapt quicker and quicker to advancing technologies. But I did get a little bit philosophical. So today what I would like to do is to see how an organization can adapt to the changing technologies. Now, let's take an example of an infrastructure services team within an organization. Now, usually how an IT organization is designed is that you've got the business functions on the top and then you've got an IT business function that essentially supports that particular business function. So let's take the example of marketing and finance and um, treasury and uh, manufacturing and so on and so forth. So all these are different business functions that support the business. And then you've got uh, accounting IT and finance IT and HR IT and uh, manufacturing IT and so on and so forth. These are basically IT functions that support the specific business function. Now, behind that, we've got an infrastructure services team that essentially supports these IT business functions, right? So you've got solution design teams, um, or rather infrastructure solution design teams that support these IT business functions and um, enable them by giving them the infrastructure that they need to host their specific applications. And then you've got your on-premise engineering and operations team. You've got public cloud, whether it's AWS, Azure, Google, or what have you. You've got those public cloud engineering and operations teams that uh, support these solution design teams. Now, these engineering and operations teams, what is the difference primarily? So engineering teams essentially enable uh, new capabilities within the infrastructure. So if there is a AWS engineering team, it would qualify AWS services and make them available for solution design team to basically use these services and provide hosting. And then you've got operations teams that would make sure that things are operational, business as usual, you know, keep the lights on types of activities, whether it's uh, ensuring that the services are available as required and what have you. And then, of course, you've got many other teams within the infrastructure services team, like you have your uh, security posture management team and and, and quality and, and so on and so forth. Now, let's assume a scenario where you have a large number of applications in a particular data center and you would like to migrate these applications on-premise to the public cloud. Let's assume that the public cloud that we're using is AWS. Now, there are multiple ways that you can do this. The standard way that we usually do this in is that we throw a large number of people at this project. We start a project by uh, raising a demand and asking for funding for this particular project. And then once the funding is received, then we uh, you know, come up with a sort of scrum team structure or 
project management team structure where you've got a steering committee and then uh, you've got project managers and you've got solution architects and you've got uh, engineers who are primarily working on uh, migration etc activities and the larger the number of applications the larger teams and these days there is a new concept that has come in which is called pods uh, for each uh, each 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 uh, migration so so for example if there are uh, you know four or five applications can be migrated by a single pod and the single pod contains uh, one solution architect one project manager one um, one cloud engineer one infrastructure engineer and so on and so forth and then they work together there might be a, a quality management team and so on and they you basically work together in trying to understand and assess each application try to see what are the different cloud services that are going to require that that are going to be needed they try to understand the disposition of the application are we going to lift and shift the application from on premise to the public cloud or are we going to refactor it and rearchitect it from scratch and uh, and so on and so forth and each pod will basically work on four to five applications in the upcoming uh, 3 to 4 months right and the usual velocity of migrations that i see in the industry is about four to five applications in four to six weeks so one application per month now this is all right if you're trying to migrate four to five applications and it works fine but let's assume that you know you need to migrate 50 or 60 applications in the next 6 months what are you going to do you've got a multiple options first option is thrown more number of people more pods you know so let's say 50 applications one pod will work on 4 to 5 applications in the next 3 to 4 months so you are going to need 10 pods each pod working on 5 applications in the next 4 to 5 months so in about 6 months you would have 10 pods working on 50 applications migrating them in parallel and we are also going to do an assessment where we are going to take a look at how the applications are interdependent on each other if there are any interdependencies good if there are not any but if there are dependencies then they will have to be put into a single pod and and usually you don't see four to five more than four to five applications dependent on each other so that's how it works you know you you've got you know 10 pods each pod working on five interdependent applications uh they do the assessment they do the migration they are under, try to understand the disposition of the application based on the disposition if it is a lift and shift then they are going to lift and shift if it's a refactor and redesign they they will redesign the application from scratch and then mobilize the application onto the public cloud and 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 that's how it goes one more thing that needs to be considered is that an infrastructure services team is involved in design engineering and operations so there's a good amount of operational costs that is provided now there's one new interesting concept that has come along recently and i'm not saying that this is my concept and it's a very very interesting concept it's called the agile infrastructure now what that really means is that the infrastructure team stops being an infrastructure engineering and operations team and becomes more of a software development team what that means is the infrastructure is not migrated by people it's migrated using infrastructure as a code basically is software right we write we use terraform and other technologies and we write code that will essentially do the migration for themselves now usually there is a certain amount of automation in every organization right certain amount of uh, automation in every infrastructure team i mean if i want to let's say get a ec2 instance provisioned on aws um i should be able to request something on my cmdb whether it's service now or 
whatever CMDB you are using. And, and, and that particular request will automatically trigger a Terraform code, which will essentially provision an EC2 instance for me as per the standards. You know, I should be able to specify what size I require, where I need it, what is the landing zone, etc. And it should be able to give me an EC2 instance. But that is a very case-to-case basis situation. What that means is that, you know, getting one EC2 instance using automation is one thing. And being able to provision the entire infrastructure for an application, whether it's you know, multiple environments, multiple EC2 instances, multiple services like EC2, EFS, RDS, etc. on AWS, all getting provisioned at the same time or all getting provisioned as a part of a group of automation code. Now, I'm calling it a group of automation code, but in technical jargon, it is also called a playbook. You know, you could basically design a playbook in which you specify a sequence of events happening. You specify a sequence of Terraform code that needs to be executed. Uh, You can specify the prerequisites required by each piece of code and whether it's in place or not. And then you can specify exactly what you require and write code for it and pick and choose the code and, and deliver the entire solution at one go. Now, an automation playbook doesn't just provision infrastructure. It can be programmed to do many things, right? And if you think about it, what does an application migration require end-to-end? It needs, well, first discovery, which is what are the different applications that need to be migrated. Then it requires assessment. Each application needs to be assessed. Then each application requires a disposition as to what are we going to do uh, when we migrate the application. Um, And then it requires design. Uh, what are the different services on the public cloud that we, we are going to need? Is it an EC2, an EFS, an RDS, and, and serverless services, context-based services, and so on and so forth? And then that infrastructure needs to be provisioned. And then there are two more aspects to it. One is the data migration and one is the application migration. The application migration could be an a lift and shift, for example, in, in which case we take an image of the virtual machine that is there on-premise and then move it there. Or it could be a re-architecture, in which case we'll have to install the application from scratch and then test it out and so on. And then, of course, there's the data migration piece where we migrate the entire data from the on-premise database to the public cloud database. It could be an RDS or it could be something else. And then there is testing. Now, all of these things, uh, well, most of these things can be very easily programmed into the automation playbook. So, So I could... Well, assessment, discovery assessment and design will have to be done manually. I'm assuming, at least at this point in time, I don't know any kind of automation where design is done automatically as yet. And I'm sure that time is coming. You know, artificial intelligence is getting better and better and design is going to be automated at some point in time in the future. Or I'm not entirely sure if it is already being done. So, you know, uh, you can... Talk to me if you know any automation software that can literally design the infrastructure that is required. You know, talk to me about it. Let me know. I'd be glad to, you know, understand how it's being done. So so discovery, assessment, and design, I can understand that it's a manual process. But once the design is complete, a playbook can be designed uh, that will essentially look at how many environments are required, what are the different services that are required on the public cloud, what is the disposition of the application. If it is a lift and shift, then things become very, very easy. It takes a snapshot of the images that are required and builds the snapshot on uh, on the public cloud. And if it is a re-architecture, then fresh infrastructure is provisioned. So that that's not really that tough. As far as data migration is concerned, I'm aware of 
Terraform code that can do that as well. You know, move the database from the on-premise system onto the public cloud into the uh, RDS service. That's also doable. As far as um, application installation and configuration is concerned, now if it's a lift and shift, it's a piece of cake. You just take the image and the, uh, you know, take a snapshot of the image and then you know build that image um, on the public cloud. However, if it's a re-architecture, then you know we wouldn't require installation. Uh, you know, there's the IQs and OQs. So you've got the installation questionnaire and the operational questionnaire. So installation questionnaire is basically a step-by-step -step method um, of of installing the particular application that we are trying to migrate from a scratch, you know. Now, if we have a ready-made installation questionnaire, then that can be also automated. However, in my practical experience, I haven't seen that happen very effectively. Usually, there is manual intervention required, especially when it comes to enterprise applications, enterprise software. The installation process is rather complicated. Now, we document it in the form of IQs with snapshots and everything, uh, but when we run it as a code, um, doesn't always work so you know there might be some amount of manual intervention required but we are getting more and more mature in that area as well so basically if you have the iqs and oqs then the installation of the application can also be automated and then you know so if we can do this much automated right starting from provisioning of the infrastructure to uh, migration of the data to installation of the application that is about 80 to 90 percent of the time taken to migrate an application, right? And in my previous episode, we were talking about speed. The definition of speed is completely changing. Now, there used to be a time when migrating an application used to be a sequential activity. But once we have a, a cloud migration playbook in place, once we have automated 80% of the most time-consuming activities when it comes to migration of an application, things become a lot quicker. I would be able to create a migration factory where we will do an assessment factory, a design factory, a mobilization or migration factory, and then a test factory, and then a production cutover, right? So we have multiple phases in that. Let's say a discovery factory. There are AWS tools available that can be installed onto the on-premise data center, which will essentially look at all the applications that exist within the on-premise data center. Now, discovery tools that uh, you know public cloud service providers provide uh, can do this assessment and take a look at what are these different applications that do actually need to be migrated. Um, you know, we could sort of prioritize them based on the complexity of the application, based on the availability requirements and the confidentiality requirements and the security requirements of the application. And then based on that, we could do the discovery. So discovery, to a certain extent, can be automated. Uh, and then we will have to set up an assessment and design factory where each application will have to be individually assessed. Uh, their dispositions will have to be identified whether they need to be done they can be shifted directly onto the public cloud or they need um, a refactory now one small point about this as well there are many applications that will have to be uh, that that will have to be designed right there are uh, sometimes we don't follow standard policies and processes like for example uh, multiple applications accessing a single server now this is not a standard practice as per policies usually uh, from a security standpoint or from a dependency standpoint it is not advisable that an application has to uh, an application is sharing a database server with multiple ap other applications individually each application should be isolated right it, it should be in its own uh, 
own sandbox. So, so the application server, the database server are unique and, you know, each application has its own database server. Now, assuming that we did not follow the standard practice and we have multiple applications accessing one database, if we have to different shift this into the public cloud, then that is not as per policy and there's a good chance that the security team is going to deny this. So, a refactoring is absolutely required. There are other cases when we can do a lift and shift. These are a little bit antiquated technologies, maybe an older version of the operating system or, you know, an older version of the uh, the application itself and a modernization might be required. Now, there are two approaches to this. Either we modernize everything, refactor everything and move it to the public cloud, which is actually the ideal way of doing it if we have time in our hands. But let's say that we are hard pressed on time. In such a scenario, the standard process that is used is assess, mobilize and optimize and modernize. Uh, what that means is we first assess and then we just pick up everything and move it. You know, we just lift and shift everything. And then we look at individual applications and see whether they are the best design that that can be, right? Whether the applications that have already been mobilized now onto the public cloud, is there optimizations possible? And this is very, very important. Uh, usually it is assumed that once we move an application onto the public cloud, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Well, it is cheaper in one way that we don't have to invest in hardware and hardware is really, really expensive. So uh, that way it is cheaper. We don't require an upfront investment. But when it comes to operational costs, when we, when it comes to looking at the costs of maintaining that hardware, the money that we are paying the cloud service provider, whether it's AWS or Azure or Google's cloud or what have you, that is will be very expensive if we are not properly utilizing the native services provided by the cloud service provider. So when we move applications onto the public cloud, one thing that we need to do is make sure that those applications are designed for the public cloud. They are designed utilizing the native services that the public cloud is providing. To give you a very, very simple example, a database on-premise on is usually hosted on a virtual machine. So you have a virtual machine and then you have SQL Server or Oracle installed on it. And then you have storage either in that virtual machine or separately in a shared storage device or what have you. Um, when you move it onto the public cloud as is, when you do a lift and shift of that, you, let's say, let's take the example of AWS. You have an EC2 instance and then you install the database in that EC2 instance and you run the database from that. Now that is an expensive affair. The way to do it is set up an RDS service. That's a native service. So it's very important that once we have moved our workloads onto the public cloud, they be redesigned specific for that particular public cloud with the native services utilized. Now, one good way of doing it is assess, mobilize and optimize and modernize, like I said before. But we have to be very careful that these are all a part of the same project. You know, if we don't do the optimize and mobilize, it could become a very expensive affair. And there are a number of examples out there in the industry where people paid more than what they were paying for the on-premise data center because they did not, you know, do the migration properly. So, so bringing all of this together back to the agile infrastructure. Like I started by saying, you know, if you want to do large migrations, mass migrations of applications onto the public cloud, one way of doing it is through a large number of people uh, at the project. 50 pods, 50 applications, next eight months. But that's a very expensive affair. A better way of doing it is build a tremendous amount of automation. Now, technology exists out there that could help us do that. When the infrastructure services team becomes a software development team, 
when it develops infrastructure as a code, when it develops software that essentially automates the process of doing migrations, that is called agile infrastructure. Now, agile infrastructure is a vast topic. Okay, this is not just it. There is this is one aspect of agile infrastructure. There are many different aspects of agile infrastructure, which includes ML ops and various other kinds of automation, uh, RPA, RCA, and what have you. And we'll probably cover all of this in future episodes, but. Uh, what I'm tr- I was trying to say in my previous episode is technology is expanding and organizations need to adapt. What I'm telling you in this episode is one way of how an organization can adapt to the changing technologies, improve speed, improve agility, and get better. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit that that we have the potential of doing, that organizations have the potential of doing. But there's a lot more to this than you know, than just this. And if there are ideas that you have about this, if it makes you think about things that uh, that you've done at your work, and if you would like to talk about it, then please reach, reach out. Remember, Enterprise Architecture Radio is not just a podcast. It is, it is a community. It is a tribe of enterprise architects. It's people getting together and talking. So join the tribe. You know, talk to us. Uh, talk to this tribe of enterprise architecture communities. Uh, learn from each other, collaborate with each other, and guide each other but most importantly have fun that's all i have for you today folks i hope you enjoy the show more about organizational agility innovation and enterprise architecture in the practical world in the business right here on the show but before i end the show i want you to help me out with this one little thing pause the show and share this podcast via whatsapp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show it could be anyone your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, We also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. The URL to join the group is https colon slash slash t.me slash enterprise architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, they're very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one.